Welcome to the Mama Outspoken Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jill. And I'm your other co-host, Bobby. All right, welcome back to Mama Outspoken Podcast. So we're on episode nine, and we're going to be talking about breastfeeding. And bed is best. Is it? It is. Um, So we'll start with our highs and lows. Um, I can go first. Okay. So I have been kind of itching for a new tattoo. Um, And there's a few different ones that I want. But now that I am currently trying to wean Declan from breastfeeding, which is my valley, because that's not as easy as I expected it to be, nor are there really any like instructions on how to do it. So yeah, but we're going. Wait, you didn't read the baby books? (laughs) Tell you like they give you suggestions. That's it. (laughs) Um, but now that he is weaning and our journey of breastfeeding is coming to an end, I have been thinking more and more about getting this one specific tattoo that I've seen on Facebook, um, where it's a pattern, like the outline of their ear, where when you breastfeed them, their ear actually like leaves that sleep mark on you. And so I'd like to get that tattooed onto my forearm with his date of birth. And I think that would be really nice and commemorative of our journey. Definitely. Because it was a hard one. But so that's my peak and my valley. How about you? My peak would be him not being so upset when we leave him at our parents' houses or one of us leaves the house and well mostly when you leave the house and I have to watch him and he really doesn't really he doesn't really fuss that much like he doesn't realize it. Well, we're kind of strategic about it. Like yeah, I don't no, leave but- while he's awake. <laughs> I know, but still, I mean, some, I mean, maybe when he gets a little bit older, he'll realize it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like at this age, they, some, some toddlers do realize it, but he hasn't really noticed it yet. Yeah. He's comfortable with us enough for to be <clears throat> left alone with either of us. And mm-hmm. if you keep him occupied, our parents, he knows our parents too. Like he's not upset about it either. Yeah. So that would be the piece. Yep. Um, Valley would be having to watch him more when we are home together or even when we're home without each other because he's starting to get into more stuff and climbing and like able to reach on certain tables in our house and just like getting into things that he shouldn't be getting into. <laughs> he is being a toddler. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So no, it's, it's hard. It, that's probably the worst part about it. I mean, um, we were out. What, Sunday? Saturday. Sunday. Sunday? Mm-hmm. No, we were out Saturday at a brewery. Oh, yes. And, Saturday. Oh, my God. All he wanted to do was run. And we were in an enclosure. And it, it was just, like, tough because there was dogs everywhere. There were other kids everywhere. It's, like, people walking around. We were in an enclosure, but, like, outside of yeah. the brewery. But, like, and then you had boxes blocking off going into the parking lot and stuff. So, he couldn't really get out, but he found his way to the, the places entrance. we didn't need him to find his way yeah. to. Um, so, yeah, chasing after him is hysterical because I'm sure people are like, oh, I remember those days. Or, like, oh, my God, I don't want to ever be like them. <laughs> he's not. He's not destructive which is nice and he's just curious and he just goes everywhere i mean we'll let him go as far as he can like without going into spaces that he shouldn't be in but he's just curious about everything that's around him yeah so what are you drinking hun um i am drinking a grapefruit kolsch from 
Fifth Hammer Burn. Nice. Don't have the can, but it's it's very a lot of grapefruit, but solid. The smell is a lot of grapefruit, but the taste is not. It's grapefruit, but very solid light beer for summer. What are you drinking? Uh, just another truly lemonade thing. Lame. I know. Nothing fancy. So we're going to talk about breastfeeding and bottle feeding and fed is best. <clears throat> yeah, bottle feeding is tricky, especially when he wants the boob. Yes. So it was my wish to breast try breastfeeding for at least one year. <clears throat> Um, and that was my idea when we were doing our prenatal classes and stuff that I wanted to do it. Um, nothing really against bottle feeding. Well, I should say formula feeding. Um, but I knew that I wanted to try breastfeeding. And then when Declan was born, I could not get him to latch while we were in the hospital. Yeah. I could not hand express colostrum, which is the the, what you produce before your milk comes in when the baby is born. I could not get anything out hand expressing. I could not get anything out pumping. And I felt an insane amount of pressure from the nurses and the lactation counselor while we were there at the hospital. Um, there were a few nurses that really helped me out with trying to get him to latch. And <clears throat> I don't remember how how many helped? I think it probably let's say there, four, and two of the handful. four were really good with me. Yeah, uh, some of them are are rough and not abusive, but they're they're not gentle with you, and they're like, "Don't you know how to do this?" kind of attitude, and it's like, "I'm brand new with this." First off, yeah, that was kind of weird. Second, you have a brand new baby who doesn't know what the heck it's doing either. So it's like, but like how they, about you back off a little bit and let us figure it out? We'll they, ask you for the help we need. They also didn't mention, like some of them did. I feel like the majority was not even realizing that he had tongue ties. Well, we had asked about it. Yeah, but. Twice I had asked for them to check and. But that's the thing. Everybody said no while we were there. Yeah, but was it too early or they just didn't know what they were looking for? They. They're not trained in it. So what Declan had, he had a very posterior tie. So even though, so a tongue tie is when the skin below your tongue that keeps it to the bottom of your mouth. Everybody does, has it. Everybody has some kind of a, a, a skin tie that ties it down. A But it's too. It's so posterior that it's proper. Well, There's can some you say that? that say so that? far back. There's some that are so far back where it doesn't prohibit yes. your tongue movement. But then there's that's others. Accurate. That's correct. And then there's other ones where it's very forward. And that, that is where your tongue movement yes. is restricted you and you can't do it. Say Sorry. For they, layman's terms. They, they, that's what they call it, posterior. So it's well, all the way in the back. Terms. Anyway, <laughs> his was farther in the back. So you probably, like, a, a not very, a specialist would pretty much be the only one to really. <clears throat> recognize it yeah. and that, we ended up hiring a lactation counselor who was able to recognize that sent us for additional treatment and then when we finally saw the dentist who was going to um they call it a rescission or phrenectomy is the proper term for it and that's when they actually clip the skin to make it the proper length for good tongue movement he even said oh yeah this is 
you know, this is definitely a tie, but he not only had the tongue tie, he also had the upper lip tie and two cheek ties. Yeah. So. So basically don't believe everything. get a second opinion. Yes. Always get a second opinion. Especially, especially being in the hospital, because most of the time you're going to get many opinions. And you're most likely just another patient that they want yeah. in and out. And then so, you get someone else that's going to be able to spend the time with you and really dig deep into the issues. And that's the mm, kind of person that you want helping you out. Definitely get a specialist if you think anything's wrong and basically trust your gut. Yep. I mean, so. there's only so much you could like tell a patient that just had a baby yeah um we weren't able to get him to eat very much i think i was able to have him nurse for what do we say i think one hour total in the three days we were in the hospital and and that's basically your intuition on that part because he should be feeding more yeah than just that much time especially for a newborn granted it wouldn't be a whole heck of a lot we have, but it should have been more frequently and less time yes <clears throat> we we this is our first kid and we have no medical experience, so we just have what, real life experience. Yeah, just real life experience. No <laughs> medical. We're not doctors. We don't know. We are not doctors. <laughs> oh, we don't have any training or anything. We just know what we just, went through. Just I, um, I would. The only thing I would say is there's a couple of things I would say. Trust your gut, which freaks a lot of people out, but it's usually right. And also don't always go trusting the people that are, don't always go trusting the doctors and nurses that are around you because they're not specialists in certain aspects of a newborn. So just, if you think something's wrong, you can ask them. There's no problem with that, but it's just, I feel like with our experience with our newborn was that we had to go outside sources. And luckily, Jill was able to be a part of an awesome mom group that had sources, but never like never really like went on like, okay, I'm going to trust what they say exactly to the T when he was born. Mm -hmm. Like, it's hard to explain. But once you're there, it's just like, okay, maybe something else should be happening or like, why is this weird? Always ask questions. That's a start on everything that's happening, but you'll know if something's wrong, especially the moms. So while we were still in the hospital, they had pushed feeding Declan with formula on us. So that way he would gain the weight that he needed to gain before we were allowed to be discharged. And it was extremely discouraging because I felt like a complete failure for not being able to successfully breastfeed and give him formula, which I wasn't really wanting to do just yet. I ended up having to give him formula alongside, so supplementing with formula for the first month of his life um, because he was not gaining the weight back the way that they had hoped, even though I was breastfeeding, oh my God, 20 hours a day. Yeah. It felt like um, it was awful for me. It did not hurt. Thank God. I did not have cracked nipples. Uh, I didn't really have a whole lot of pain. Yes, it was painful. But the ice packs and the heating packs that some of the brands carry, plus the nipple cream, all got, helped me out a lot. It, yeah, it got better over time. It wasn't always did that way. not get that 
much better until we had vision. and because i feel like it before that he was just really trying to get at it because he so what ended up really happening was that he was exhausting himself that he was not able to to latch properly so he was using the wrong muscles in his mouth and tiring himself out then falling asleep at the breast and then waking up hungry because he never fully ate and then this would go on a cycle and it's supposed to be a normal thing when they it's called cluster feeding and that's usually when they're going through some kind of a growth spurt, either developmental or physical. Um, and that's normal. It's like a middle of the night. Usually they're like going to sit there and they're going to cluster feed for like three to four hours. But for Declan, it seemed like it was going on for the whole night. So a good six hours. He hmm. would eat for 20 minutes, fall asleep, and then wake up again and eat another 20 minutes, fall asleep. And so is that cluster feeding? On. I assumed it was. What is cluster feeding? A cluster feeding is a consistent nursing for three to four hours. And then I told the pediatrician at one of our appointments and he goes, we, he really shouldn't be doing that, but it is something that they do. We just don't want to encourage it. And like, well, I'm not really encouraging it. I think there's something wrong. So then, no, it's what babies do. And then Got a I, opinion. one day shortly after that had a complete breakdown and I called a very good friend of mine who's the co-founder of the postpartum resource center and told her everything that was going on and she gave me the phone number for her very good friends to talk to her about lactation uh, counseling and as soon as I hung up with her I called this woman and she pretty much gave me oh this wonderful talking to <laughs> It was stern and helpful and calming at the same time. It was like the weirdest thing, but she gave me so much good information, explained how I was feeling and why I was feeling the way I was like because of evolution in a way. And I explained this in my last blog post about how babies really need to be carried to 12 months and not nine months because they're just kicked out of the womb much earlier. So they're not developmentally ready to take care of themselves on their own and all this other fun stuff, but she pretty much said, I'll come over tomorrow. We'll check to see if he, if he has any ties because what you're explaining to me is not normal. Um, well, it's common, but not normal. And she's not a doctor either. Though. She's not. But she has a lot of. She's very much trained involved. and well-adversed with ties and lactation, everything. And probably the best person I could have ever called. Um, another month later, we got our exercises in. We had to do um, myofascial. That was brutal. I, yeah. Uh, exercises. And then we finally saw the dentist, had the rescission done. And then we had to keep up with exercises for about another month and a half. Um, That's at funny. the end of that time period, breastfeeding was smooth sailing and it was fantastic. I stopped giving him a formula. And we had a great time with it. It was what I expected it to be yeah. from the beginning. And it's not always, it's not always going to be like that with for everybody. For everybody, everybody, every Have kid their is own different. Thing going on. Every um, baby is different. I should say. By six months, I did go back to adding formula into our routine, mainly because I, I got tired of pumping. And I wanted to be able to leave Declan with family and friends and not have to worry about having enough of a supply at home to provide for them. 
So it was more convenient for us to go ahead and get formula. And it took a huge mind shift for me to be able to do that. Um, I, I think I, I got to the point where I felt comfortable almost weaning at that point at six months and saying, you know, I think we're in a good space. He's, uh, you know, we made it six months. It's okay to go ahead and make a little bit of a change and let's go ahead and add formula. I tried to get him off completely and he wouldn't have it. So here we are 13 months later and I think I'm finally successfully weaned and it's kind of commemorative because we're, we made it past my goal of one year, even with bottle feeding of formula. And I've now taken, I have like pictures, the breastfeeding pictures coming up too. So that will be a nice memorial. And also I just made a purchase today for breast milk jewelry. So that's all going to come in around the same time. And I'm super excited to kind of like just celebrate this journey that we've been on. But we also started um, solids early because he was itching for it. Um, solids can be started anywhere between four and six months. Pediatricians will tell you when it's best for you to start. Uh, we were given the okay to go ahead if he was looking like he was interested and he was still gaining weight just fine at four months. So we did you know, the rice cereal and introduced like little things here and there off of our own plates. And he ran with it he so loves food i was able to adjust <laughs> he does love food i was able to adjust his his food differently and compensate for giving him real food and formula and the whole nine yards so and also just be careful when uh introducing like nuts and stuff like that mm -hmm. like if you have any history in your family also like that could that could really like affect the toddler or a baby yeah but it's probably better off even our uh, pediatrician said to introduce them early yeah to stuff that they might stuff that kids get allergic to like peanuts and stuff like that just introduce it early maybe you just be careful with that oh, ultimately i think <clears throat> there is a huge oh, like it's almost a debate in society like oh you should breastfeed oh you should breastfeed get away from a bottle it's better it's this it's that and go ahead no you go finish yours because um, mine's totally different okay for for it has me, to do with breastfeeding but something else that okay. I thought of. for me the idea of breastfeeding was actually supposed to save us money that was one of the biggest reasons that i wanted to do it besides it being probably healthier for him in my mind because ultimately it's whatever is going to get you both through for him to be healthy if it's going to be breastfeeding, perfect, do it. If it's going to be formula feeding, perfect, do it. If you're able to pump and do it, all the power to you, because that was freaking hard, pumping. I hated that part. I'd rather breastfeed solely <laughs> than ever pump again in my entire life. <laughs> I hated that. Um, <clears throat> no matter what, fed is best. Not breast is best, not bottle is best, it's fed is best whichever way you have to get it done is going to be the right way for your child and it took me six months to get over the fact that i was going to end up giving him formula and i did and i'm okay with it he's fine so there's really nothing wrong with it he got both breast and formula now he's getting mostly food so the full first year of his life it's like 
All right. You were fed. That's all that mattered. And that's what I have to say about breastfeeding. I have to add something because I'm sure some moms would be curious about this because you also said stuff about it too. Drinking alcohol mm. with breastfeeding. Yeah. So there is more of a science behind it than just saying, oh, you can't do it or you you can do it like there's multiple like multiple people that say different things so the old rule was Jill will, pump and dump yes and <laughs> but if you look at like you told me what is it really though like it, <clears throat> you can pump and dump if you really want to if you're that against it yeah um there's no problem with that so there's still a lot of um recommendation to pump and dump and then there's more recommendation to wait like a two hour period so pretty much you would pump before you start drinking and then wait like two hours after you finish drinking so that way it goes through your system and then you can go ahead and pump again and that would be okay milk to feed to your butt your baby however there is new thought behind it that the amount as as long as you are not an alcoholic fully gone <laughs> when you're drinking. So that the rule of thumb is if you can find your baby, you can nurse your baby. If you cannot find your like and I don't mean by like you can misplace <laughs> How do you your go baby. Seek? It's more like if you are capable of walking and talking and you know, the whole nine yards and you're not gonna drop the child because you're so drunk. Okay. That's understandable. Then you can you're fully capable of nursing your child. Um but the you were talking about to me with the percentage yes. that would get into the bloodstream. So the percentage of alcohol that enters your bloodstream throughout your entire body is minuscule. So if that's your whole body, 0.08% is your blood alcohol content for the legal limit. Yes. But so is say that you drank that that's okay. 0.08% of your entire body's composition of blood. Yeah. That, that is a drop in a bucket. That making so it to the milk is a drop in the bucket. It's even like the amount that gets, it's minuscule. The amount that ends up going through your milk is just not as much as what I think people think it is. Um, it's like an it's like an old wives' tale. Like. But, but do your research because I'm not saying that. Oh my god, it's okay for you to go ahead and drink and feed your baby. That's something I felt comfortable doing because I did my research and I did see both sides of it. Granted, there yeah. were times where I didn't nurse him because I could not physically do it, and I told him I can't do this you know you i'm like you're gonna have to give him a bottle i mean there was a few times that it ended up being like that no. i was just not okay with it um and then side note with that is also if you are drunk or you have had drinks it is not recommended that you co-sleep with your child either um that's part of the sleep safe sleep seven that i mentioned in our last episode um but do your research on alcohol and breastfeeding yeah especially if you're not comfortable with it like i feel like certain moms are just like okay you can't do that like it's yeah either that or they heard that it's bad or whoever told you it doesn't matter who told you doctor or friend doesn't matter like if you do research on it you're gonna find a bunch of information on it anyway so and they always have the test strips that you can test your milk in case if you're even more concerned. You I did not know sure. that. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, they have test strips to test it for alcohol. Hmm. You make sure it's good before you give it to the baby. Well, if you're, if you're that nervous about it, might as well. Yep. So and I think that's a wrap on our episode because it's, again, we just like to talk, I feel like. <laughs> 
Um, so if you are taking the breastfeeding journey or you are taking a pumping journey or you're just hanging out with formula, I support you. Um, you should never feel pressured by any outside person from you and your spouse. Don't be bullied into making decisions, making decisions that you're not comfortable with. It's always your decision. That is best. doesn't matter how you feed them. Spoon, suction. It is like a weird little thing. I forget what it's called. Ugh. I don't know. No matter what you do, they're still going to eat. It's not suction. It's it's like you can put it in a bottle and it, like you can actually have a partner feed them that way and it gets taped to you and it's a little tube and they just suck in the little tube. Yeah. Anyway. No idea. It's like fake breastfeeding. Anyway, besides the point. We support you. And even if you make it one month, one day, a full year, three years, you rock because you can do hard things. And breastfeeding is hard. Feeding a baby is hard. I feel like <laughs> birthing a baby is harder than feeding it a baby, is. but but feeding them is a lot longer of a responsibility than birthing them. Very true. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us next week. 